0: Welcome, Welcome to the, to the Recombobulator, Recombobulator Lab, Lab with, with Jason, Jason Gramny and, and Chris Dominic. Hey, Chris. Hey, Jason. I absolutely love living in an urban environment. Most of the time I get around by walking, so I really shouldn't complain. Uh, Okay, I I know you're going to complain. it's it's the traffic and lousy parking. I mean, it's horrible, but you can't have it all, right? I'm
1: sure you can. Save me your silly American excess. Get an electric trek. What the heck is an electric trek? It's a bike with an electric motor that can assist you when you want it to. I have one, and I think of it as my urban assault vehicle. No hill will get in my way. A quick trip to the store, no need to get in the car. I ride over, put the contents in my waterproof saddlebag, and off I go.
0: That sounds amazing. So uh, what's the downside?
1: Well, really, it's just the drivers who presume the only thing that should be on the road are cars. It, it gets a little hairy when someone gets out of their car without looking and opens their car door right in your way. Ah, uh, got it nothing with the bike though no 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 the bike's awesome wear a helmet though i don't know what about the helmet here yeah you'll love it but seriously there are really really clueless people out there get a helmet come
0: to think of it yeah they're really really clueless people out there i can't wait to zip through bondo beach on my new trek with the helmet yes with a helmet all right so today bronte campbell the aussie olympic gold medal winner and world champion swimmer is our very special guest so she's currently training for Tokyo 2021 and very kindly agreed to run down the road to my place to do this podcast. So this is actually a first. We're in the same place. It's incredible, Chris. Welcome,
1: Bronte. Welcome, Bronte.
2: Thank you. It's <laughs> nice to be in the same room with someone, not just on yeah, Zoom the whole time. Exactly.
1: How oh, good. It, it is, is really cool. In, in the United States, like, this doesn't happen ever. So, <laughs> so.
2: Are you freaking out because we're sitting quite close <laughs> together?
1: It's like, uh, are you guys going to be okay? Yeah. Like, have you disinfected each other? <laughs> yeah. No, it's... You sprayed me down as like, a <laughs> It's got this
2: mist <laughs> thing. As so you walk in, you walk through this like, antibacterial
0: mist.
1: That's right. <laughs> well, let's start at the very beginning, because reading about you, I was so curious about being born in Malawi. Yeah. I-, I looked at the map to try and make sure I knew where it was. It's landlocked, but there's this huge lake there, and I couldn't help <laughs> but wonder, I- is that the lake? <laughs> is that where you swam? <laughs> That's the lake. <laughs> is that where this all started, or what?
2: Pretty much. So, like, Malawi's tiny. A third of the country is a lake like oh, wow. yeah. a third of it's water and that's where we used to go swim so we lived a bit south of the lake but um dad's company had like cottages on the lake so whenever whenever he'd done something good we could go up to the cottage and um let's <laughs> swim in the lake basically our backyard pool in the lake but um the lake's full of hippos and freshwater crocs the crocs are all right but the hippos are like probably where i got my speed that
1: from. <laughs> Oh, no no, I've heard the stories about the hippos, like people don't realize in the United States that hippos are scarier than all the other animals, right?
2: So hippos are like awful because they're they're herbivores. They eat plants, but they'll just kill humans for no reason. They're also like they look like they look like the slowest creature on earth. Yeah. They can run forty kilometers an hour. You say bolt's top speed is forty three. Yeah. Like, you're not out running anything. Really? Really. Yeah. Look at look at it. It doesn't look fast at all. It's like it's like this giant Teletubby thing, and then it's forty k an hour. It can run. <laughs> that's They're
1: a good. Horrible. That's a good trivia question. Yeah, well, it is the, kind of a giant Teletubby thing. I mean. So if it's <laughs> if it's if it's, if
0: it's you and Usain and one of those guys, you've just got to beat Usain Ball, which is yeah. never going to happen.
1: Wow. Yeah. 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 That's nice. awesome. That is a that's a good story. So basically born in Malawi, capable of going very fast in the water because of hippos and crocodiles. <laughs> yeah. I get it. It's a simple I mean storm. I'm not gonna <laughs> recommend it to everyone who's <laughs> like it's like need
2: to get free <free-wantus>. on <laughs> Is such a crazy Yeah, story. don't try this at home. Yeah, yeah, not exactly. recommended.
0: And so the your family moved back to Australia or were they Australian originally? Or they were
2: parents? from South Africa. Yep. They moved to Malawi. They had four kids in Malawi and then moved to Australia with four kids nine, seven, five, three, and mum eight months pregnant. Wow. And we arrived here and had well, not a because I didn't do it. Mum had a fifth kid here <laughs> yep. and then slowly became Australian. And, amazing. and that was it. I was seven when we moved, so um, I have like good memories of Africa, but the whole thing Thing was like trying to make Australia the next. Yeah,
0: year. that's crazy. so cool. Wow. Well, I want to leap into the the main game here. You've you've got two Olympics under your belt, which is just extraordinary, and you're preparing for a very unique Olympics. It's been a year delayed. We're in a pandemic. We were talking just off air about how exciting it is that it is going ahead even though it's spectator-free.
1: Oh, so good.
0: Can you talk a little bit about the training's been like and just the whole, the, the mental thing? It, like, if I'm preparing for a test and it's been pushed back a year, that would throw me in bit. <laughs>
2: um, to be honest, I think I did what everyone else did when the Olympics got cancelled. So I think um, we're very close to the one-year anniversary of when that happens because we all went into lockdown And it was like, we went into lockdown that morning, so I didn't have a pool to swim in. And then by like 10am, they were like, oh, maybe the Olympics, like we're not going to send an Australian team. And then by like 3pm, the Olympics was gone. So it all happened like all in one day. It was like very full on. So I did like what everyone else did and like grabbed my teammates, grabbed a bottle of wine and a bottle of whiskey and my big fat Greek wedding and just like...
0: Just, you got to let it out
2: somehow. That was the start. That was a year ago. So.
0: I didn't really expect this interview to go this way, but this is so exciting for me. Chris, you and I are
1: basically elite athletes. Yeah, it's, 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 a co- it's, it's an elite athlete, coach, mechanism So
2: we're all elite athletes here. So I feel like we all did that same
1: thing. It is kind of funny, actually. We've we've had a few elite athletes on the the show, and one of the stories that we pick up on the side is about how once it's all over, just how crazy things can get. Which it sounds like a lot of fun. actually yeah
2: it is it's probably I don't, i've don't. i never been to spring break but um oh, right. i've been hearing a lot about spring break these last few days <laughs> yeah. it's probably like spring yeah. break <laughs>
0: right
1: wait, wait, do you guys have spring break no, no we don't have that no okay yeah so spring break well you've been hearing about our spring break is what i'm hearing right yeah yeah. yeah like we have to have like walls of cops and on uh horseback and things like that in order to have spring break it sounds like at least in <laughs> miami <laughs> oh my gosh
0: I've, I've got a quick follow-up though um we were just talking before around qualifications so steve solomon he's he's qualified in the sense that he's He's ranked in the right thing in the world, but they still, the track and field students to run a national yeah, qualification. Yeah, in April. Got it. So yeah. what's your, what's the equation for you?
2: So, ours is we get, ours a little bit different from track and field, but same sort of thing. In June, five weeks out from the games, we'll have a competition and it's all based around that competition. So, I've got to come first or second in the 100 or the 50 freestyle to get an individual spot mm. and swim the top eight time in the world. But um, yeah, we've just got, we've got a lot of girls swimming fast in 100 freestyle, which is great because there's also a relay team that gets picked. So, that's normally top four or top five. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's great to have people swimming fast, but also, it's like, <laughs> also, I'm um, sort of like, why do you have to swim past in my <laughs> event? Because it would be so much nicer if you all just swam past in a different event and like, right for this yeah. one. Because yeah. I mean, like in 20, 2019, I swam like the third fastest time in the world for that year, but it was the third fastest time in Australia. So I didn't go for the 100 freestyle. I only went for mm-hmm. the brutal. Mm-hmm. brutal. Mm-hmm. Um brutal. But, but great. Like you need that because now we're not traveling overseas. Yeah. So you need domestic competition. Like it's, it's mm-hmm. better for us to have that than to not have it. But every now and again, I'm like, Can't you just all, like, (laughs) go to a different country for a second and, like, qualify easily? Send them them all out. (laughs) Yeah, that's... That's, that's no. not in the spirit of the game. No, that's no, like, no. We want to
0: oh compete gosh. against the best. So. Yeah. That is, I mean, as a, just a general public person, I know that swimming is just such a huge thing for us here in Australia, and female swimming particularly has just been a powerhouse. And that, then as you sit with you, it's like, oh, there's so much competition. We are constantly right at the top. When you are up against other nations in, Europe, in those events, who's right there with you? Is it America? Are they a powerhouse for you yeah, guys? Yeah,
2: America has good depth in, in that field as well. Then there's a lot of the European countries quite good, like mm-hmm. the Netherlands and Sweden have always produced like really good female sprinters Mm. but they just don't have the depth right. that we do so like you know mm. relay they may not do as well like Netherlands actually really good in a relay mm. but like Sweden just doesn't have, have the depth there there's a few good like Chinese swimmers coming mm. through yeah, America's yeah. like Australian America for the relay is mm. like it's really where the, the battles has been.
1: One of the things I noticed when I visited Jason in Bondi Beach is that they have this incredible swimming area that is to the I guess you'd say if you're on the beach side it's to the right of the beach and it's this huge aquatic center that's like basically built into the beach and the i don't even know how to describe yeah, it's an ocean pool built into right next into the ocean and when the ocean comes in and the tides are relatively high like the the water from the ocean actually spills in over into the, the pool it's yes, wild yeah. to watch and and you there's tons of people there. You can yeah. tell that that's swimming's just a thing. And and Jason, you, swimming is one of your primary forms of exercise, right?
0: Uh, not really. <laughs> I sink well. I go I body surfing. Bubbles. I go I body surfing.
1: Yeah, yeah, I dive in in
0: the morning just to wake up, but I don't swim, swim. I'm run than okay. swim. But yeah, I mean, it's all around us and I think as kids growing up here, it's just constantly. So when we moved to the States, our son was two and we were, we were pregnant. They missed that whole thing. Like kids nowadays, they're they, they, they born, they're they meeting the swim lessons. So we had to work really hard to get the kids water safe in Portland, Oregon. But really? yeah, yeah, it was actually quite tricky. People were like, just swimming. down, interesting. swimming. I'm like, no, no, you don't. There's water <laughs> There's everywhere. There's water else. everywhere and it can kill you. <laughs> It's like the hippos. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: We used to call that drowning. Drowning proof your kids. That's, drowning that proof, was, right? Yeah, yeah. that's what that was our yeah, that was our yeah, thing. Yeah. Well, well, that's really interesting. So, hey, I I want to get back to this family dynamic. Can we get back to the family dynamic? Yeah, sure. You got you got four siblings.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's a lot there. It's so many. <laughs> it's just so that many. Is
1: a- <laughs> that is you know it, it, having a big family is a beautiful i'm curious your older sister kate's also an olympic and world champion swimmer what's it been like in your household growing up I mean was everything a competition with her what, what's the deal
2: no it's like the question i got asked the most is about like the sibling yeah. rivalry cuz like yeah. i think everyone's got that like they've got they want to do their siblings but um i think it's like right from a very young age we used to sit in the back of the car together and mom and dad would drive us to training and like we'd be talking about what happened like after we went To the Olympics together. You know when kids like think that everything's inevitable? Like they're like, oh, like after I go to the Olympics, then I'll do this. Like it's just going to (laughs) happen. And it never does because like it's, you have to be super fortunate. And we just ended up in the right place with Mm. the right coach. And yeah, we, in 2012, when we both qualified for the Olympics, she'd already been 2008 when she was. 16, And so she qualified for the 2012. I qualified with her in the 50 freestyle. And like, that was just like this great moment of like little like seven-year-old in the back of the car mm-hmm. and now suddenly going to be Olympics together. So it's always been something that we wanted to do together and have together. But uh, I mean, the other side of that is that I know people don't always do this, but I'm friends with like all of my competitors mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to be. Like I want to get something more out of it than just like the just competing bit. Mm-hmm. And also when someone... Right. No one wins like all the time. And if someone's gonna beat me, I'd much rather it was my sister than like some other random mm. person who i don't mm. know or like mm. as much and the same with like all my other international competitors like i like knowing them as people and then like when you get planet blocks you can like try and destroy their dream that's like <laughs> what the goal is when you get there but then you can turn it it's off amazing. again and be happy for them if you've done something good so yeah yeah i'm i think very early on we got very good at like turning it on when you're like literally staring down the lane and then mm. turning it off again and stepping away from the pool but, um, yeah, we're competitive in, like, in other things, like like Mario Kart or something might get out of control. But we <laughs> yeah, yeah. try to keep it away. Yeah, no, that that <laughs> totally makes
1: sense to me. So here's what's interesting about this. So, first of all, Jason, talk about visualization, right? They're in the mm. back of a car when they're kids, talking about going to the Olympics, and boom. Uh, but second of all, it's not something we've talked about a ton, but it's it's interesting because you can categorize people into different levels of or different stages types of competitiveness and there a lot of people mistakenly think that all competitive people inherently want to watch all of their their competitors burn right like it's just what gets them up in the morning is like please let me beat somebody today and the truth is there's a lot of people like that but there's also a lot of people who are just really having a high need for achievement and they're not necessarily interested in beating anybody at all they just want to hit their next goal right so It sounds like you're the one who's in that camp.
2: Exactly. Yeah, my my goal is to swim... My fastest ever time yeah. in an Olympic final. That's mm-hmm. it. Like it's not about yeah. winning a gold medal or like because you also you have very little control over that. If I can swim faster than I've ever in my whole life in an Olympic mm-hmm. final yeah. in the most you pressure met. situation, <laughs> yeah. like that's a that's a win. So I've got to take that. But um someone yeah. else could swim point oh one faster than that. And like that doesn't make yeah. whatever I did a failure. So yeah, I'm very like just about whatever I can do because I know that like the Olympics, I don't want to say it's all about luck, but it is all about timing. Like who's yeah. the best? on the day like in a 50 freestyle the difference in rio between the first and the sixth place was 0.11 of a second which is the amount of time it takes to blink yeah so like it's just it's all about timing yeah. who is like 100 percent on that day and if you were if you're one percent off if you're one percent off in a 50 one percent of the time for a 50 equals like 0.2 uh-huh. 0.3 of a second yeah. so you just you got to yeah. be on like yeah. and there's only so much of that that you can control so you just focus on that
0: bit and get into it
1: but let me ask you something I've always wanted to know about this because when I watch swimming in the Olympics, I can, I, it can be very exciting when you're down to the end, right? And you're realizing it's close. Some of the relays have been really exciting over the, over the years. I've always wondered that plate that you have to touch, right? That, I mean, that's that's how the timer stops, right? I mean, I've always wondered, is, is it possible to screw that up and like not touch the plate? <laughs> or so
2: you, def, you can't, it's the whole wall. Oh, the whole wall. The whole wall of oh. oh. the so okay. you, right. you, you can't miss it. And there's also like, I don't know if you ever noticed the people at the yeah. end. There's people with, like, little stopwatches at the end. And yeah. they're, like, they're clicking that as well in case the plate oh. fails. Oh, awesome. Uh, so you've got that. But yeah. there's also, like, you've got to hit it with enough force to set it off. Like, just, oh. like, lightly touching it won't... If you're, like, ah. Uh... Yeah, if, you, if you're, like, coming in hot and yeah. then you just, like, stop and gently tap it, it won't go off. So it's, like, oh, very... <laughs> which is not what anyone's going yeah. to do, I'm now, But... <laughs> In, um, in 20, like 2008, there's, like, that very famous photo of Phelps coming in for oh, a yeah, touch. Yeah, and And yeah. um, the, um, the guy from Hungary, Shea, he's coming in for his touch in 100 Butterfly. And Shea's, like, fingers are on the wall. But he was, like, he was dying and he was on, like, a long glide. So his yeah. fingers are like, on the wall kind of before Phelps. But Phelps comes in on, like, this, like, half-stroke with a lot more power and ends up setting it off, like, before oh. he does. So, like, <laughs> and that was, like, that was to win one of his eight gold medals. So, like... Oh you can you can kind of screw it up but you're not going to miss the pick. that is
0: so cool um, that's amazing I, I wanted to go back to this idea of like that it's that one moment like they did that you can swim your very fastest time in the one moment at the olympics at the final talking to steve solomon he had this kind of fairy tale run up to the london olympics he was 18 first year uni he did well in the world juniors place there london it all just was perfect so when He was getting into Rio, everything flipped the other way, like everything was a little bit out and wrong and he Mm -hmm. missed qualifying by the blink of a, like that time you just said. And he's reflecting on that now as he's preparing for Tokyo and changing his environment and what have you. I mean, how do you feel about like mitigating those things? Is it just out of control or do you try and control all the things that you can control and then?
2: I think, um, yeah, for me, I've sort of gone through a bit of a weird journey with it because the thing is you want to try to control everything, Mm -hmm. right? And then when you can't, because you can't, then you feel really out of control, right? And then I think like that might be what like Steve was saying is that like everything feels a bit off because like you feel like you want to be able to control it all and you want to get back to this like weird flow thing where it feels like everything's pushing in the one direction. So where I've sort of ended after that because I've had a bunch of injuries and stuff and Mm -hmm. a lot of like uncertainty around that. It's just to like be a little bit more comfortable with uncertainty. Athletes always want to be like, oh, if I feel good or if I'm like in this mind frame Mm -hmm. or like, all these things perfect then i'll be able to perform well whereas um i'm sort of trying to sit sit more in the area of like oh everything can be going to shit basically yeah. and like here are the three or four things that i can do really well and focus on those things and like just sit in the uncertainty a bit and not like glam down as well like i think when things are uncertain everyone mm. sort of like locks down and stops being creative and like yeah. stops trying to look at things in a different way They're just like oh these are the things that i know and like i must stick to these and like try and control everything and like you sort of become like a little bit closed like try and stay a little bit like open to things even mm-hmm. when it's all uncertain and that's yeah that's sort of how I deal with that because I know, I know that that feeling of like I'm really trying here and everything's going wrong <laughs> and it's like a really really unsettling mm-hmm. feeling um mm-hmm. so in that, that situation <laughs> I just sort of in, embrace it a little bit And just make okay. sure That I'm still doing Other
1: things It sounds like good advice To the rest of us actually Like all the time Or well, in life in general Like <laughs> just yeah, letting go exactly. Yeah
0: But I, it's funny When you said You've got a qualifier in June And it's six weeks out From the game I was nervous for you go, <laughs> And then I'm thinking It's just that's it, just what you do And then between now and then You've got intense training Slightly less intense training And then complete times off where you can just Not really think about that at all Is that kind of how you Chop it up Yeah
2: I mean we've got Like from now From the start of the year Until dry is like the most intense training period, and then you may have like a few recovery days in there and stuff. Mm. But yeah, that's that's my big thing is being able to switch off in those recovery days and right. over the weekends. Yeah, like, I do a lot of like pottery, so I like mm, switch yeah. off for like even in the afternoon. Like do that for like three hours. Like just like sit down and make a vase for three hours, and like your mind's completely yeah. switched off, mm-hmm. and you're not thinking about like anything. And so you need like some sort of outlet. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just always always like going over things. You've got to got be it. able to turn off your mind.
1: You've just describe what jason and i are doing this very moment yeah that's right this is our
0: turn off time (laughs) we're just not thinking about our companies (laughs)
1: yeah not running a company right now. Yeah, exactly. Doing something different. Exactly. I, hey, Bronte, I wanted to know, you know, when you talk to people about the World Championships versus the Olympics, one of the things that happens sometimes, its which I've always found kind of interesting, is I think a lot of consumers, if you will, you know, regular, you know, normal fans, would say, oh, yeah, the Olympics, it's everything. And they don't really know what the World Championships are, but they know they're a big deal. But when you talk to athletes, they're like, no, the World Championships are a really big <laughs> like the thing. Best in the world. Like, you know, like, I think there's, I, I don't really know it's just like a branding thing. I mean, from an insider who's done both what 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 what's the difference what what are they like? Are they the exact same thing?
2: well they're they're not the exact same thing, but all the people who are there are the same people. everyone wants to like everyone's there. everyone who was in twenty fifteen at worlds was there in. The final in right. year the next year that's just so the the world champs are like they're the worst investment ever because they are so hard to win and you get zero credit from, <laughs> it, from like a commercial from commercial point of view
1: yeah no and if you think about it world championships that's how is that not a big deal it's the world championship
2: <laughs> yeah it, it depends where you are right so like um one of my friends is Danish swimmer. She won world championships in 2011, and they did like a huge ticker take for him mm. when she came home. Like, it was a really big deal. But, like, when I, I won world championships <laughs> what, you, in 2015, yeah. and like, I came home and like, no one really cared or knew. But it was like, it's <laughs> like just classic. I was like, it should be, should be Danish. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's, so <laughs> ma-
1: that's so messed up. No, I hate to say it. I think America's the same way. I think <laughs> we're like, well, oh, Hey, nice job. Let's see how you do it at the Olympics. Look, as the self styled mayor of yeah. the
0: Republic of Embarkma, I'm willing and ready to put on a ticket tape parade between here and Speedo's. Yeah. It's going to be big. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be massive. We'll get Channel 7 in. It'll be huge. Love is that like 100 feet? Yeah, pretty much. Like- yeah, <laughs> it's from here to the coffee. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be good, though. It'd, It'd be awesome. really good. I wanted to ask um, an Olympics with no spectators is interesting to me because in the very amateur sport I played, that the spectators play a role to a degree and having been at the sydney olympics on the pool deck as a volunteer it's just insane like oh um and rugby and other things what what you think that's going to be like and are you changing your preparation in any way
2: no i'm not changing anything i mean swimming's a weird one where you walk out and you get like this huge buzz from the crowd and then the whistle goes everyone goes real silent Mm. um and then they go take your marks and then the gun goes and you get maybe like 0.4 of a second of being able to hear people and then you're done you don't hear anyone until you're done you can't Mm -hmm. hear anyone in the water or maybe you can but i've never remembered it because there's so much else going on so it's not like it's not like tennis or something where like the crowd like really seems to have an impact so i'm not changing thing I think what will be really interesting is that some people will hate it right. some people get like real feeding off the mm. crowd and stuff and some people mm-hmm. hate having the crowds and they're going to love the fact that it's a little that's bit more subdued but I think they're going to let um, Japanese spectators in at this ah, point okay so you're allowed to clap but you're not allowed to cheer mm. and like I think the Japanese are the only people in the world who are self-contained enough <laughs> to just do clapping and that's not
0: true. cheer that's really true like, when I think of swimming in Australia I think of the Australian media that can be kind of brutal Um, you know and uh, in your I was living in the States in your most of during some of your Olympic performances but how do you how do you deal with with that because there's such an intensity of focus on the performances but then it's only every four years and they forget about you yeah what's how do you do
2: that it is brutal I think um, America is like a nice way of dealing with it like they seem to have like a bit more um, I don't know just less of the tall poppy syndrome like we love we love setting up people to like Mm -hmm. cut them down like that's like the the Australian thing
1: You're not supposed to ever be so special, right?
2: You're not supposed to say that you are, or, I don't know. There's just, there's a lot yeah. of like loving to watch people fall, whereas America seems to have a bit more of like, oh, like, good for you. Like, sure. that's so great. Like, yeah. I love
1: it. Very different cultures in that specific space. Jason and I have talked about it for years. It, it's it's okay for somebody to become a big deal here. We're much more individualistic and it's all right for people to be successful. And But it doesn't mean there isn't schadenfreude in there too, right? Like, mm-hmm. as soon as they turn into a jerk, then everybody really for their failure so
2: yeah that's true you still have to be a nice person so
1: yes you have to be somebody that everybody likes uh as soon as you start saying i'm so awesome it's the same thing Right. Mm-hmm. Everybody's like, okay, let's see what happens next to this
0: guy. but It is so. interesting having lived there and here. I remember, you know, with Australian teams, with cricket, rugby, they win there, whatever, they're getting interviewed. And often the captain is deflecting the glory on, I had a great team. And, you know, they try and deflect a little bit in Australia mm-hmm. to avoid mm-hmm. the tall poppy thing. But in the US, it's very much I and me. And that's fine because that's what yeah. works in that culture. But I mean, tall poppy beyond just sport, but just in business and everything else, as entrepreneur in Australia, it's quite tricky because if you soar to great heights and then trip a little, then It's
2: It's also hard to back yourself in a culture that's like telling you to never say that. Um, Yeah, right. And not like you can dream big, but just don't say that. That's right. Like I, I never make (laughs) predictions about what I'm gonna do or what anyone's gonna do. Partly because it's hard to predict. Mm. But secondly, because, like, you see what happens when people yeah. do. Like, if an Australian athlete comes out and says, I want to win a gold medal, and they do their... So, say, like, um, there was a long jumper in 2012. Oh. He was close to winning a gold medal. He went out he jumped his best ever jump. He won a silver medal. And um, so, he did a PB in an Olympic final, but he was yeah. close to winning a gold. And they said, oh, like, you must be really disappointed. Gosh. Like, straight away, oh, that's that your question. that is rough. Yeah, that's, that's just normal. Like, you expect that.
1: Um, oh, see, that's, that's really tough. Because, I mean, I was just thinking when you were saying this, it. It's so. Here's our, here's an interesting difference in in America. If you come out and say anything other than my goal is to win it all. You you don't have it.
0: Oh, that's interesting. That's Seriously. Kind of awesome.
1: you don't right, they have it. I think like
2: that's that's part of what makes yeah. you being able to win saying that you're
1: gonna yeah. win. Every every sports team basically says our job, our goal this year is to win it all. Like like that's it's we have the bigger problem of people don't even recognize the silver medal. The, we have this like there's this phrase in America that I find super disturbing, but a lot of people I know subscribe to it, which is second place is first loser. <laughs> oh, that's awful. <laughs> it's it's so unhealthy in so many ways but it's it is not uncommon in america to hear people talk like that that is a that is a cultural thing
0: you and your sister in the backseat of the car all those years ago saying we're going to the olympics it's almost like as you grow up in this culture and it's funny you came from africa because you might not have been fully aware of the level of that tall poppy thing but you end up as an athlete wanting that to reach the pinnacle but knowing in your head but i can't actually say that out loud that sets up a weird internal conflict in yeah, mm-hmm. it,
2: it is weird. Um, I guess you just, you know, you're not supposed to yes. say it. Yeah. Like, you know, when you talk to kids and like they just say like the most ridiculous yeah. things, they just say it. Yeah. doesn't matter how ridiculous. You're yeah. like, I don't care what you think of this. Mm. And also, I don't really care if I fail at it. I think it brings like that sort of conflict, mm. brings like this bigger fear of failure. Because, like, yeah, I mean, Americans say like, I'm going to win it all. Like, you look at like the, <laughs> the NBA teams or something, <laughs> like every single one of them every single yeah. year is like, we're going to win. Like, we all <laughs> oh, know. Always true. We all know. One of them's <laughs> gonna win, and like the, the, the fallout from saying we're gonna win and not winning is not very big, yeah. Because we real. all know that like only one of you is gonna win, yeah. Whereas like in Australia, maybe only one person will come out and say, I won't. and then if they don't, right. it's a really big deal because yeah. it all comes like heaping down on them. And so, it brings this right. like weird fear
0: yeah.
1: of, of failure in there. That is fascinating, that's really fascinating.
0: In sociology, there's an index of this, and globally, Australia is one and Japan is two. So, in Japan, in Japanese, there's exactly the same. There's phrase they say about the, the nail that sticks out gets hammered down and so the yeah. athletes are identical They're kind of fearful of the media they want to win but they couldn't ever come out and say they're going to be number one so it mm-hmm. makes for really weird after championships interviews with the media where they've just won and they're just so different differential like oh you know I was very lucky yeah. and
1: the wind was behind me and there was you know
0: and thank <laughs> you so much my honourable losing friends like it's just oh, like crazy yeah. anyway
1: the cultures are also different right? yeah I'm thinking of this Olympic moment I had uh, the blew my mind years ago where the russian i don't remember which olympics it was the the russian gold medalist in judo he finishes with a broken arm and somebody asked him like how the heck did you finish the round with a broken arm and he looked at the camera and he kind of smiled a little bit and he just said honestly if you're not russian you probably can't understand (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I remember thinking, you know, they lost half the population of Moscow just to, like, not lose a fight. That's so, right. Uh, you that, know, I kind of got or... it. Yeah, yeah. So, hey, I just, Bronte, I'm really curious. We have this question we ask everybody. Well, almost everybody. If there's any myths out there you want to debunk about your world, we'd, we'd love to hear it. What, what is it that people think is commonly true that just isn't really?
2: I think maybe the thing that people don't really get is there's no off-season. Uh, like, most sports have uh, an off-season. We don't have really that. interesting. We just train all the time. You don't even
1: time. take two weeks? Just I to mean, like, like shut it down.
2: After Olympics, I would normally take like two weeks, but we cause, really, because we um, cause we're used to, I'm just getting a bit into it, we used to have to do our trials in April and our main meet later in the year, so maybe June, July. So you'd have to be mm-hmm. like on by April, so you don't really mm-hmm. have that much time to like have time off and then come back. People don't mm. have breaks, but um, we're, I'm starting to, um, this last few years I've been doing it, took three months off, which oh, is the longest nice. time I've ever had off since I was seven. In 2018, I took three months Whoa. off. So I think that's like the big thing. Some don't have mm-hmm. off seasons. Mm-hmm. There is no off time. Okay. Yeah, just all the time. All the time, yeah. training. Does that have
0: an issue with, with injuries? Yes. Is it? Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah. Is that sorry. a big thing.
1: <laughs> like, same thing it exists in soccer, apparently they just go the whole time it's all the them. time right. all the time yeah
2: and then then you do end up with like injuries and burnout and stuff mm. so i'm trying to um i'm trying to sort of show that you can't take some cool. time off mm-hmm. and then come back and still yep. be good at it everyone's a bit scared because no one ever takes time off everyone starts when they're like 10 yeah and, and then just... they don't take any time off until That's they're incredible. finished yeah so it's um it's it's a bit of a weird sport that is a nice... it's not it's not a myth i want to debunk it's probably something i want to throw out there <laughs> we're all crazy yeah <laughs> If you look at that. Like all summers are nuts. Like we're all insane.
0: Um, tell me, beyond Tokyo, do you see France as a possibility, or is that hard to say now?
2: Mm. I don't know. I mean, I would. I said, <laughs> you, just, you just don't sound like I love it. I'm not sure how. But um, yeah, I said, I said before last year, like Tokyo is my last one four years is yeah. so long. Now it's like, mm-hmm. oh, it's three years, but like three years is still a long. Time. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> That's still a long mm. time. So I'll um, I'll take it like step by Think step. Right. I'll have a, I'll have a big break. Nice. Then follow like twenty twenty two is a COM Games year again. Oh, of course. Oh my so Comm Walk Games oh is God. not a thing for America, mm. but, it's but it's a big there's huge no cost. Break. It's gonna be yeah. in um in, in Birmingham, which would be oh, hilarious. Yeah. Um couldn't couldn't say no to that. And COM Games is like a very fun thing mm. because you get the village. Mm. You got an Olympic village, you got a Cong Games village, all the sports together, mm-hmm. like That's so cool. and we're not gonna get an Olympic village really in Tokyo. Yeah. Can you yeah, talk about that a
0: little bit? Are you flying in and flying out? Yeah, or? we're
2: flying in and flying out, I think like everyone else for Tokyo. So we'll fly in like two days before we compete as soon as we finish competing we're straight back out and this is the best part into two week lockdown quarantine in australia so oh. we're gonna like finish be like oh we are done olympics then go straight to a hotel for two weeks
0: i think we should set up a quarantine here in this <laughs> space you-
1: <laughs> You should introduce her to Pimp My oh, yeah. Lockdown. Have you seen it? No. Pimp
0: My Quarantine oh, is a Brisbane-based starter. Two guys who had to endure quarantine said this is boring. So it's a real business in Brisbane and Sydney. And if you're in quarantine, a number of their services include, like you might need like practical stuff, like stuff for your laptop or whatever, but then they can get a mariachi band out the window and play some songs for you and you get the CD. <laughs> it was running up to Christmas, so it was a secret Santa. It's very exciting. I love this. We're definitely going to need that. Bronte, you've been yes. such an amazing guest. Thank you so much. And live in the...
1: The studio, if this was a
0: studio yeah. in the living room,
1: <laughs> um, thank you so much, Bronnie. It was so good meeting you. I loved your story, it was so much fun talking with you. Yeah, and good luck in June. Thank we
0: can't you. can't like wait to watch. Thanks, Very good luck in June. Thanks, Chris. Bye. 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 Thank you
1: for joining
0: us at the Reconbobulator Lab with Chris Dominic and Jason Graham. Nine. Catch you next time.